Welcome to the Deeply Discussing Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Dale Maxfield. I am joined by Brooke Merritt. Hello. Alicia Walker. Hello. Josh Dean. Hello. And Nathan McKinney. Hello. And on this show, uh, every week we discuss a movie, and then one of the podcasters suggests the next movie for us to discuss. All these movies are available from the major streaming services, so you can participate with us. This week's movie was Citizen Ruth. It was suggested by Brooke. And before we get into that, we will talk about what we've been watching lately. Uh, Josh, what have you been watching lately? Uh, Well, I watched... um Defy Bloods this weekend, Spike Lee's new movie. Um, uh, it's on Netflix. Um, As in the gang? <laughs> what? Defy Bloods, the gang? Oh, no, no, no. Uh, this <laughs> like is, Five uh, Bloods as opposed to Five Crips? No, 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 no. Uh, yeah, this is about um, four Vietnam veterans who go back to Vietnam to find the body of Chadwick Boseman who they've left behind uh, or the character Chadwick Boseman plays. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Not actually it's science Chadwick fiction. Boseman. All right. Yeah, Thank he, you for clarifying. It's going to take yes, a long he, time. Yeah, exactly. Um, and also a stash of gold that they buried there that they came across during the war. Um, so it's two and a half hours long, roughly. Um, yeah. Uh, but it's got some... Uh, Delroy Lindo is amazing in it. I haven't seen him in a movie in years. I love um, him. Yeah. He plays a like a MAGA hat wearing like pro-Trump um, uh, veteran. Um, awesome. He just does a... Yeah, great, great performance. If you like The Wire, um, Isaiah Whitlock Jr. and um, mm. Clark Peters are in it. Um and if you're wondering, Isaiah Whitlock Jr. does say shit. <laughs> of course he does. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, but anyway, it's it's worth watching. It's a little weird, a little preachy, a little lumpy in the plot, but uh, uh, I think it's I think it's a pretty good time. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot to mention when I was talking about Bosch uh, on the last episode that both Lance Reddick and uh, Jamie Hector are on that show. Um, nice. Jamie Hector's like the second lead. Um, so there was like an episode of Bosch this season where uh, Marlo and and uh, Lance Reddick were having a conversation. Nice. <laughs> like, and they're both cops in Bosch, so. Oh, okay. It's funny. Nice. <laughs> Jamie Hector's like a square good guy cop instead of Marlo. Oh, wow. <laughs> I couldn't even imagine that. Okay. Anything else? Uh, I'm sure there has been, but uh, nothing that's jumping out to mind right now. All right. Oh, uh, Space Force? Did I mention that last time? I Um, think so. I think we talked about Space Force last time. Yeah, then nothing. I seed my time. (laughs) (laughs) Nathan, how about you? Uh, Well, we were just talking about most of the things we've seen together. I think I've seen one thing that Alicia hasn't. Uh, and that would be uh, shampoo. Uh, I actually hadn't seen shampoo, and it was one of the many uh, criterions that I owned that was just kind of sitting there looking at me like, you got to try me. And uh, a friend of mine and I uh, devoured that one. Uh, I found it kind of interesting. It's 
it's a little hard to follow. Maybe it's just because it's uh, a little dated, but uh, once I kind of, I, I, we had to kind of confer with each other. So he's sleeping with her and she's sleeping with him. And, you know, is that right? But that's her boyfriend. And so there was a lot of that kind of discussion as we were watching it to kind of clarify the, the whole plot. I think, I think watching it a second time will really uh, benefit me, but I did kind of enjoy it. There were a lot of laughs in it more than I was actually expecting the way it was going at first. But I, I think the real draw for that movie is Warren Beatty's hair. I mean, it's a whole nother character. So when you watch never seen shampoo, look forward to that. When you watch those Criterion uh, movies, do you watch the commentaries? Very rarely. Uh, oh, we've got that's so like many in the backlog that we need to watch. Oh, I mean, well, I, I feel like I need to see the movie before I hear what the commentary is about it. So um, we're going to talk about another one that we watched uh, when you get to Alicia, but we watched some some of the docs that were on there for that particular one. Hi, everybody. So... Um, TV show-wise, I finished up a few things. Uh, Ms. America, I finally finished up on. I gotten off track on that a little bit and uh, finished up on The New Queer Eye and things like that. But, yeah, together we watched a couple movies. Uh, one was uh, Children of Paradise, Les Enfants uh, du Paradis. So we watched that, famous French film. Neither of us had seen it before, heard a lot about it. So really enjoyed that and, and talking about uh, and finding out about the production of that during the Vichy government at the end of World War II. So that was really interesting. Um, and then other than that, last night, we're both a little tired today because last night we went to the drive-in. And the drive-ins <laughs> are playing a lot of, uh, you know, blast yeah. from the past because they can't really do a lot of new movies right now. And so we uh, have a good friend who... Uh, has an annual ritual of watching the movie Twister. And so we decided this year we would go see Twister at the drive-in and expect it to crash through the screen just like it does for The Shining in the movie. So we had a good time and, and went to the drive-in and just had fun and, and you know, thinking about maybe trying to make it a more regular ritual. So, yeah, it was a good time. Which drive-in? And I know that Twister ha- Oh, the twin out in liberty okay i i know that everybody has like a, a special place in their heart for twister but i feel like i can kind of like talk about my special place in my heart for twister <laughs> uh i was in college when uh that was being filmed and uh the entire cast and crew pretty much camped out in ponca city oklahoma where i grew up mm-hmm. and uh so i heard all about you know how nice helen hunt was when they met her at kmart and how <laughs> <laughs> really cool Philip Seymour Hoffman was from people that met him and that kind of thing. And and I saw they actually premiered the movie in Ponca City. I didn't go to the actual premiere, but I did see it in Ponca City when I was home for the weekend. Uh, and I'll never forget, I had to drive home the night after seeing that. Uh, and the trip from Ponca City to Okmulgee, Oklahoma, it was a storm that night and it was a little creepy. I'll just be honest. So I, I have a special place in my heart for Twister. It's pretty great. Yeah, that's um, that's a bad movie, but yeah, okay. <laughs> they didn't do a double <laughs> yeah, feature. Yeah, we're not saying... <laughs> no, it wasn't no. a double feature. Well, we, we could have turned around and watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the original. Yeah, that's true. On the other screen. The OG, TMT. Correct. Yeah, but we didn't. Gotcha. Classy night all around. Yeah, I know. Uh, I've seen the Boulevard has been playing like Back to the Future type stuff, like easy 
Yep. Crowd pleaser, 80s movies kind of things. They're playing The Wall next weekend, which if you're a Pink Floyd fan, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, I... Another really terrible movie, but I love the music, so who cares? Yeah, right? I my thing, I, I, I don't really enjoy the drive-in experience. I think it has to be the right movie for it to be an enjoyable drive-in experience. Um, the last movie I saw was uh, The Dark Knight, and that was just a miserable experience. The picture was terrible. The sound barely worked. Oh. Um, and, like, you don't go to the drive-in for a movie like that. You go to a drive-in to see a movie that you can mostly ignore and just kind of, you know, cheesy horror movies are great for that. It's kind of the whole shtick of the Joe Bob show is it's a drive-in movie night. But, uh, well, yeah. I think Twister ended up being pretty good for that. So that was, you know, we could kind of yeah, laugh at see. some of the cheesy lines and we have cows and all that kind of stuff. And the wind was kind of whipping by and it was all right. And of course, there's a key scene in the movie that takes place in a drive-in. That's right. Yeah. Which makes it kind of the quintessential Twister experience, really. Yeah. So and I haven't... If you're going to have one. <laughs> it's funny. I haven't seen <laughs> Helen Hunt in anything in forever. And I just this week watched a new movie with her in it. So just weird coincidences uh brooke how about Mm. you or i'll go next i guess because brooke suggested the movie um so yes um speaking of helen hunt um i watched a movie called the night clerk on netflix um it is brand new i believe it was number five when i watched it um it's about a uh a guy with asperger's who is the night manager at a uh hotel and unbeknownst to everyone in the hotel, he has wired all of the rooms with video and audio uh, cameras so that he can watch what they do and sort of learn how to repeat their phrases and the way they have conversations because he's really socially awkward and he doesn't do that very well. Um, But he ends up witnessing a murder and the people that are involved in the murder side of the plot start to figure out what's going on. And the police sort of are looking at him because they're sort of figuring out that he had this access. And um, when the murder takes place, he is at home and he rushes to the hotel to try to save the person that's getting murdered and ends up being the one to discover the body. Um, And like, touches the blood and a bunch of other stuff that makes him uh, makes him a very likely suspect. Um, Helen Hunt plays his mom in that. And it's been so long <laughs> since I've seen Helen Hunt. It's like this really weird, like CG Helen Hunt. Like it, <laughs> she doesn't look like herself as much anymore. Um, she, I mean, I think she's probably like, at least 40 pounds lighter than she was on mad about you. And is just kind of this rail thin, um, very, uh, sharp edged version of herself. Um, but that was a good movie. Uh, I would recommend it. Um, Johnny Leguizamo's in it. I was always a sucker for him too. So, uh, way back cross between, uh, sounds like a cross between a sliver and a rear window. Yeah, it's got a bit of that going for it. And there's another movie, or there's a show called uh, The Night Manager, 
as opposed to the night clerk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the night manager was uh, Tom Hiddleston and Hugh Laurie. I think they did two seasons of it, but uh, that's an interesting one, too. That was good. It was a limited series. It was really good. Yeah. Um, way back, a long time ago, I started the final season of Mr. Robot and put it aside because I was not digging what I was seeing. I finally watched the next episode, which was season four, episode five, and it's one of the best hours of television um, I've seen, certainly for Mr. Robot. The whole plot of that episode is a heist, and it's wonderful. So hmm. maybe Mr. Robot is going to win me back over. Uh, Joe Bob's Double Feature was a compilation movie called Scare Package, which is one of the best horror comedies I've ever seen. Um, it was its streaming premiere last Friday. So uh, you can track it down. You can watch it without Joe Bob on Shudder, but I think you can also, I mean, you certainly can watch it with Joe Bob. If And I think that's preferable because you get to hear all of the backstory and stuff about how they made it. Um, the the secret, and I have to give this away because it's the only way to explain the other movie, is that Joe Bob is in Scare Package um, as Joe Bob. Um, John Bloom is also an actor and plays you know other roles in movies, and he was in this unreleased movie called Hogzilla, uh, way back in two thousand seven, I think. The movie never came out, and anyway, um. The cohorts over there at the last drive-in managed to get the unfinished film, finish it, and premiered it on the show without telling him that that's what they were going to do. And so he was dealing with it at the same time as all of us, and it's a terrible, terrible movie. So, <laughs> about a giant hog that uh, is killing people, so... That's awesome. Yeah, I can't believe it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Hogzilla, is that what you said it was called? I, yeah. I mean, it sounds fantastic. It also didn't come out because like two other movies about the exact same thing came out right around that time. <laughs> and they were kind of missed their chance. Um, There's multiple <laughs> movies about a giant killer yeah, hog? Yeah, because somebody killed like a 1,400-pound hog in Georgia or something. And so it's kind of loosely based on a true story, except it didn't murder anyone. So... <laughs> <laughs> Very loosely. <laughs> so yeah, um, saw that. I finally saw The Invisible Man with Elizabeth Moss, which I really enjoyed. Um, I could not understand after the first hour how there was an hour left of it. It's a two-hour long movie. And then it finally kicked in, and I was like, oh, okay. So the first half of the movie is a suspense thriller, about the invisible man chasing Elizabeth Moss around. And the second half of the movie is Terminator 2. <laughs> it's Elizabeth Moss going after the invisible man. So it's like two two genres for the price of one, and they blend seamlessly together, and it's great. Uh, I watched uh, Crip Camp, speaking of Crips and Bloods, except this was Crip as in Crippled, um, which is a movie Zach recommended uh, about a camp for disabled people in 1969 that ended up being sort of a meeting place for a bunch of influential disabled people um, that eventually led to the ADA in 1990. So the 
whole Persons with Disabilities Act um, and getting ramps in public places and all of that sort of stuff. Um, that was a really good watch. And then another um, twist of coincidence, I watched uh, the latest Ellen DeGeneres special called Relatable, which she put out in 2018 after a 15-year hiatus. And um, there's a couple of really touching moments in there where she talks about you know, her story and uh, how she was unhirable after coming out on her show and all that kind of stuff. And who's in the audience but Laura Dern, who played her love interest on that show and was also unhirable for a couple of years after that. So didn't even realize that I was going to get a Laura Dern appearance when I started that, but there, there it was. So, uh, yeah, that was, it was good. I hadn't seen it before. I kind of thought I had, but, um, it was all new to me. So, uh, Brooke, how about you? So funny that we're talking about cheesy horror and that's what you watch at the drive-in. I love the drive-in and I mentioned last week how we've kind of built a makeshift backyard drive-in over the summer. And so we've spent a lot of time watching uh, cheesy horror or old horror movies. Uh, First off, I did watch uh, Scream Queen, Scream, comma, Queen, like we talked about last time. I did watch that. And I uh, prefaced it with Nightmare on Elm Street 2 because I oh, did not cool. remember anything about that. So I watched that again, hadn't seen it in years. So trickled that into Scream Queen, which then led me down into Never Sleep Again, the four-hour yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street documentary. I didn't make it all the way through. I'm going to finish that tonight. But um, just fascinating because, you know, Zach and I talked last week that we're kind of Nightmare on Elm Street yeah, so. <laughs> I don't really watch that series, and I I watched that documentary. I thought it was really interesting. Never sleep it's again. It's great. It's great. Yeah, I highly recommend that. So, um, planning to finish Never Sleep Again and uh, catch up on the rest of the series. But I also went old school. Watched the original Friday the Thirteenth one and two out in our little pretend drive-in and some Jaws. Uh, went. Went with some some good old horror as far as new stuff. I've been spending so much time watching the old stuff that I'm way, way behind on everything else. But um, new show on HBO that's from BBC One. They've only aired one episode. It's called I May Destroy You. Mm. Uh, And it is uh, not a lot to take away from the first episode. I don't want to really give anything away, but starts out it just it's about this writer in london and you meet her and the people around her and you just kind of think it's going to be about the friendships and the relationships and the drama that builds with that but at the end there's a little bit of a twist and you find out it's going to be much darker um it's insinuated there may have been a an assault um so uh, from there the story jumps off but it's it's phenomenal just the the first 30 minutes Uh, pulled me in the first 30 minute episode so curious to see where that one goes Uh, is that all released that's what i've been or is that like a uh current it's a week to week okay a week to week but because it's from bbc one i'm not sure if it's available in other platforms you know i've just been watching it on hbo recording it so gotcha old school i still have my cable and my dvr so i don't know if it's available 
I'll, I'll see how you how you like that because that sounds like something I would want to watch, but I'd I'd want to have you know the full thing to watch before jumping into it. Yeah, it's interesting to see because it's not till the end you go, okay, this is not what you think it's going to be. Cool. Well, Brooke suggested a movie. We watched it. Uh, we're here to discuss it. It was called Citizen Ruth. Um, I thought I had seen it before, but I had not. Um, has anyone besides Brooke seen the movie? Okay. No. Nope. Well, uh, Josh, why don't you start? What did you think of Citizen Ruth? Uh, well, let's see. Going into this, I was a little trepidatious because Alexander Payne's kind of hit or miss with me in general as a director. Um, I uh, I think I'm one of the only people that didn't like Election when it came out, um, but I haven't seen it since it first came out either. Um, but like his later movies, I really enjoyed. So this one I liked pretty well. I mean, it's misanthropic to the core. I uh, He does not like human beings as far as I can tell. Um, no one uh, redemptive, no one... Uh, sympathetic in the whole movie uh but it still entertained me quite a bit which is unusual for a movie with no likable characters in it um it wasn't i thought it was supposed to be like a screwball comedy which is kind of how i remembered it was uh advertised back when it first came out so i was very surprised yeah at how like serious and dark it got at times um I, i loved uh pretty much everybody's performance in it um uh i wish i knew um Eric Foreman's dad's name, Red Foreman's real name, because uh, he, he Kurtwood Smith. <laughs> Kurtwood Smith. He did a great job. Um, <laughs> Swoozy Kurtz. I always like her in anything. Um, so yeah, I was surprisingly entertained by it, um, and kind of liked how how he tried to do both sides of the abortion debate. Um, uh, shocked to see Burt Reynolds show up. Um, I thought that was like his fallow period where he was kind of hiding for a while, but um, apparently he stayed pretty busy um, throughout his career. But yeah, yeah, overall I liked it. Um, not my favorite thing I've ever seen. Don't know how soon I'll rewatch it, but um, yeah, pretty entertaining. So I looked at you know the description of it. I watched the trailer of it, and I was like, oh. A 1993 comedy about abortion. How could this go right? Um, <laughs> I looked at the box office and it's like, it didn't. It really, really didn't. Um, it made like six figures back against its many millions of dollars budget. Um, but I was, uh, I was very pleasantly surprised by it. Um, I thought that it did a really good job of satirizing both sides of that issue while also making them three-dimensional. They weren't just caricatures of people. It seems like that at first, but the more you spend time with those characters, the more like you hear like the deeper arguments and you like, they really explore that whole thing to Ruth, who is a moron um, and doesn't understand anything that's going on around her and just wants to, you know, destroy more of her brain cells um, with whatever she can get up her nose. 
Um, I, I, towards the ending of it, I was like, she can't make this choice. Like this movie won't work if she makes this choice. And then it was like, Oh, she didn't make the choice. Great. Like I thought the ending was sublime. I thought it was perfect. Um, all of the, uh, the movie's just filled with character actors and they're all fantastic. Um, one that hasn't been mentioned yet was Mary Kay place. who played Gail. Um, the, uh, the, the pro-life mother, um, uh, wife of Kurtwood Smith's character, Norm. Um, I really enjoy her. She played, uh, Maria Bamford's mom on lady dynamite, which is a excellent show on Netflix. Um, and yeah, I, uh, I, 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 I really enjoyed it. I was, I, um, found myself laughing at both sides and how, um, how skewed everything was and how it was like the movies, like it started kind of subtly hinting that the pro-choice women were lesbians. And then it was like overtly telling you that they were <laughs> lesbians and, um, all of that stuff. Um, it's a movie that, uh, I don't, I think, uh, apart from like this kind of format where someone suggests it and we watch it, like, <laughs> I wouldn't have been into it. I, I don't. I would have never like tried this movie, and I think that's probably true of a lot of people, which is why it's neither well known nor uh, nor did it succeed financially at all. Um, but I, I was also kind of looking at it date wise um, after watching the Ellen DeGeneres special because I thought, well, maybe this is when Laura Dern couldn't get hired, and it's like, no, this was before she was on Ellen. Um, so. I thought that was funny. I thought it was funny that Cheryl Ladd showed up as her mom uh, for a minute at the end. Her real life mom showed up. Diane Ladd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sh- Cheryl Ladd was a. Uh, oh yes. Was it Cheryl Ladd, a uh, swimsuit model. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, it's it? understandable why that might be on the brain, but <laughs> right. Uh, her other mom. Yeah. Her stepmom. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Shelly Hack or whoever it was. Um, so yeah, I. Uh, I, I was uh, pleasantly surprised. Uh, Nathan, how about you? Uh, yeah, I enjoyed this one a lot. I, I got to say, like, I think when this came out at the time, um, my experience with Laura Dern was not necessarily complimentary so far. Like, I at that point, I really had only seen, like, Blue Velvet and maybe, like, one or two other roles. And she's really... Uh, I love Blue Velvet, but her in that she's her acting is really over the top. I think that's probably the point. Yeah. But my experience with Laura Dern as an actress didn't improve until way later, as I saw her really perfect her her stuff uh, probably in the last ten or fifteen years. Uh, so going back to this one was kind of nice because now I know I like Laura Dern, who she kind of becomes as an actress, and so probably getting into way much more than you want to get to hear about that but uh i appreciated it a lot I, I i loved her in it um and i i loved the casting that was kind of going throughout the entire movie um it, everybody was kind of just exactly where they needed to be uh, burt reynolds basically playing uh the same character he plays in boogie nights except on the other end of the spectrum uh 
and he's just in there briefly. He's just one of many. Uh, I, I, I just really enjoyed it. And I, and I will say I'm a big fan of election. Yeah. But I had never actually like sought the director out specifically. Um, so I, and I was talking to a friend yesterday and he was like, well, you've seen this, this and this. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. Okay. Well, so I apparently like this director. (laughs) Uh, so, I mean, and actually, I had read the book Election and by Tom Perlotta. It's a great book, mm-hmm. and I kind of assumed that pretty much everything from the book was what made the movie so good, because yeah. it's, it's a pretty faithful adaptation. But actually, I can see now that I've watched this, that there's a lot of style choices that probably came directly. It's Alexander Payne, is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. can see there's a lot of style choices that are picked up directly from that that he carried over to election that made that movie so good too. So yeah, I love this. Yeah. This was three years after Jurassic park. So she would have been, you know, known to the mainstream. Um, the other thing I didn't, yeah, that's the, other I didn't one. mention was, um, I kept getting sort of a Mike judge feel from this movie, except Mike judge would have gone full character mode and everyone would have like memorable lines and catchphrases and things. Um, so it's like subtler than him, but it seemed to have kind of his sensibility about like both sides are dumb and we're going to make fun of everyone. But, uh, Alicia, what did you think? Yeah. I liked it too. And I, I didn't know a lot about it going into it. I knew I liked Alexander Payne had seen a lot of his films. Um, I was surprised at how many times, uh, I kind of chuckled out loud at stuff like, uh, Things like Burt Reynolds getting an oiled back rub, um, like like Laura Dern sitting on the bed with her mouth open listening to the tapes about how she can buy her own home. You know, things like that that I just really thought were really fun and witty. Did you hear the stinger um, at the end? Just little... For for when she was listening to the tapes? At, at the end of the, the end credits? Of the credits or something? At the end of the oh, credits... Oh, no, we didn't watch oh. it to the end. At the end of the credits, the song fades out and tape two side one starts playing oh fantastic and when the and, and it's, it's like more just like boring financial like divide this into this and put that in the column and what do uh-huh, you have make your list and uh and then yeah. you hear it eat the tape <laughs> and she goes oh fuck uh-huh. and that's the end of the credits <laughs> i never heard well, that you know and i i kind of wondered if the, when she gets to the end of tape one you know, I just the look on her face. I just thought the next scene she's going to break back into the house and try to steal tape two. Like I just thought we were going to see yeah. that, and you know, it didn't. I, I thought what was great about it is when the movie started. I thought it was going to be some kind of a, you know, like a rags to riches story or something like that, and she was going to turn her life around, maybe in a comedic way, whether it's by luck or whatever. And I guess in a way she did. We don't know if it turned around, but she did get a bit of a windfall at the end. But, um, you know, it didn't go the way I thought it was, which was kind of nice. I liked that because I was I kept expecting it to go certain ways. And then, uh, yeah, I just I thought it was a, a lot of fun. And, and it was kind of fun to constantly see people popping into it that I knew from other various roles and sometimes trying to place. Oh, gosh, who what is it that I've seen him in that I love, you know, or something mm. like that. So we were doing a little, you know, a little IMDb following Sleuthing, as we went along yeah. with the movie as well and stuff like that yeah so yeah it was a lot of fun all right brooke well as his tradition um you suggested this what the hell what the hell you know that's a great question i'm not even sure i i think when i suggested it, i mentioned i was pulling in my driveway before we recorded the last time and i had 
uh, two movies that I was trying to decide between, and this movie popped in my head. I hadn't thought of it in God knows how many years, and it just, out of nowhere, I just thought, Citizen Ruth. So I really don't know <laughs> why I chose it. it. It chose me, I guess. Um, but I, when I thought of it, I thought it would be perfect. It's little known. Not a lot of people have seen it. It's, of course, older and didn't quite catch on a lot, but I, it always stuck with me as being just so funny. And also, I remember seeing it the first time thinking, this is a filmmaker I want to follow. Yeah. And he's somebody that I've, you know, I've made sure to see all of his stuff based on this. Um, it's, you know, nobody is relatable. Nobody is likable. Everybody's terrible. Everybody's self-serving. And that's how I like my comedy, apparently, is with completely unlikable people. <laughs> so, um, so it stuck with me. Plus, I think not only is it still really funny, it's st- still pretty accurate as far as, you know, the, um, the the timeliness of everybody having an agenda and, and how somebody could be so easily manipulated to fit whatever story, whatever side wants. And, um, you know, it's sad but funny uh, because it's true. Yeah, weirdly, if this uh, movie came I, out she, now, I think it would be considered pretty tame, you yeah, know, for what yeah. it could be. Um, right. But no, I thought that that was one thing that I, I really uh, respected about it, that it, it does hold up as far as the story. But um, but it's just really funny. It's it's dark. Uh, how do you make a comedy about abortion? Like you said earlier, you don't do it very successfully as far as making money, but he pulled it off. Uh, and, you know, at the end when she's walking away with her money and nobody notices, it's just, I mean, it was never about her anyway any of this so yeah. i just i think it's great great cast uh, i had forgotten actually everyone that was in it i remembered it was laura dern of course um and i remembered swoozy kurtz being in it because i was thinking it's been a long time since i've seen her uh, so i did i too did the imdb uh search to see what she's been up to uh, but all in all it's it's a good funny dark comedy Laura Dern uh, even the scene in court which was one of my favorites just when she's telling the judge she's sorry, sorry. in so many different ways <laughs> telling when she's telling Judge Tackleberry yeah Judge Tackleberry exactly yeah. <laughs> yes <laughs> that was one of the most exciting sightings was it's Tackleberry yeah exactly yeah <laughs> I was excited about that one so yeah I, I think it's a really fun funny but dark uh, movie that's really well performed that maybe is underrated and not seen as much as it should be. That opening scene had me. It starts with that Frank Sinatra song. It's like, you know, (laughs) love is whole, love is wonderful and all of that. And then she's just like laying there like, ow. (laughs) (laughs) Like the conception (laughs) scene is the opening scene. She's just laying there with her, you know, Wonder Girl t-shirt on, just like, okay, right, are you done, ow, that whole thing. Um, I wrote down a couple of things. it's so funny, because... Yeah, go ahead. She was so... She went back then, she did a lot of roles like that. Not not quite like Ruth, but a lot of roles where she was a little grungy, a little, little gross. That was kind of a Laura Dern thing for a long time. And now she's, you know, the attorney in a marriage story. And she's the uppity woman on Big Little Big Lies. Little Lies. Yeah. It's just funny to see that transition over 25 years. What What a different character she's now playing most of the time. Yeah, I love her on Big Little Lies. 
Oh, she's she's phenomenal. Like she's, she might be the best part. She's not even one of the leads on that. She's just there, you know, as part of the story, and it's just hilarious. Like, so the moment in this movie that I knew I was going to like her was the in this particular film was she goes to one of her baby daddy's houses and uh, basically cries in front of him. Fake and I cries. thought, God, yeah. this is terrible acting. And 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 the second I was like. She's got to be fake crying. That has to be fake crying. And it's just, I mean, it's just pitch perfect for a, an actress to pretend she's fake crying, mm-hmm. but make you kind of go, is she fake crying? <laughs> <laughs> well, and then he turns to walk it, inside it really- and it cuts back to her and she's just like, <laughs> just yeah. like stone faced. Like, <laughs> right. That was and her And then brother, he gives her the $15. Yeah, it was her brother. Yeah. yeah okay. I think it's actually her brother has taken her kids. But yeah, yeah he, she, he gives her 15 She says, you can't make it 20. It's just <laughs> <Right>. perfect. <laughs> Mercenary. <laughs> My favorite part of Laura Dern in this movie was when she just punched that kid in the stomach. Because uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I wanted to do that. <laughs> I was like, oh, thank God. Someone finally living the dream. Yeah. <laughs> so great. Like, what? what's the one thing she can do to get the, the pro-lifers to <laughs> abandon her? And that was it. Um. Yeah, I, kid. I wrote down a few uh, lines that that cracked me up that I, I thought were really uh, well done, well written, well performed. Um, there's a scene where um, Norm is like unfolding that that hide a bed couch, <laughs> and he lays down on it, and she lays down on it, and he's already like seen her like in the bathroom, and you see him kind of look down at her thong, and he says. You know, I used to be quite a sinner before I met Gail. <laughs> Love that. Um, uh, one of the things I was I was a bit worried about with this movie was that they were gonna do the whole uh, the whole pro life gross out thing, um, which they handled wonderfully with that video we couldn't see that was like like just the Holocaust narrator and the like like thundering <laughs> Wagner music or whatever was going on. Um, but when she comes out of watching that, she's like, I slept in some dumpsters. Maybe I slept on some babies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was probably my favorite line. Yeah. Um, and then the other one that I wrote down was, uh, there's a scene where she's, she's sitting by herself at the end of like a big, argument and she's finally like alone in her room and there's like voices playing back in her head different things that she heard and the last line that comes through really clear is you know what dale's out today you collect carts (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was great (laughs) yeah yeah we're out that day there's some there's some good stuff in that movie Uh uh-huh so this uh, tonally reminded me. Has anybody seen a movie from the seventies called Cold Turkey? It's got like Dick Van Dyke in it. And no, it's a Mm-mm. it's a satire. It's a, like a whole town. Uh, like the tobacco industry is taking a lot of heat for smoking, so they do a contest where if a whole town can stop smoking for a month, they get like millions of dollars. So it's like a media frenzy descends on the town to watch if people sneak cigarettes or anything. Um, it reminded me a lot of this movie, like just in the the broad satirical tone of it um, and the comedy aspects of it. I like that movie. So if you like Citizen Ruth, check out Cold Turkey, I would say. 
Um, well, I think a similar comedy vein to this, but like the exact opposite plot with like the exact opposite character is Juno. Like I can see that. There you have a really smart young woman in this like similar situation, but she's like navigating it completely differently and you know you have great lines like uh i'm already pregnant what other shenanigans am i going to get up to (laughs) it's like does your mother know where you are i'm already pregnant (laughs) yeah i yeah i kept thinking uh i kept thinking mike judge that was just kind of the sensibility that i got from it and I also realized the whole way through that like he wouldn't he wouldn't have been as subtle or as as, as had as much nuance in it especially in the characters there would have been a bunch of silly you know wacky characters for you to laugh at um, a lot of like idiosyncrasies with the people yeah yeah like Norm would have been a sleazier character like an overtly sleazy character instead of just like <laughs> you know the couple of scenes the scene of him sort of leering at her in the bathroom and and then telling her he used to be quite a sinner <laughs> he would have shot out I the window little, too <laughs> yeah i was a little puzzled with uh the use of tippy hedron i kept we saw kind of at the beginning when we pushed play on it that uh, she would be appearing at some point. We're like, oh, Tippi Hedren is in this. And yeah. then as we're watching, we're like, did we see Tippi Hedren? Did we miss her? What happened? And then she just flies in on a helicopter and is only in it for just a few minutes to do the, you know, kind of be the anti burt Reynolds character. But I don't think they really did much with her. You know, it was kind of, it's interesting why she chose to do that role, I guess, as well. So. Well, she's in Birdemic. That one almost felt like stunt casting. <laughs> I, it was, I'm sure. <laughs> Well, if we're talking about Tippy Hedren, have you guys seen Roar? Yes. Yes. I've seen uh, Riff Track's version of Roar. <laughs> Same. They, they played it at Alamo. They played it at the Alamo a few years back. It was. Something. It is hilarious. Tiger King before the Tiger King. Mm. And she was like actually in physical danger for most of that mo- making of that movie. Yeah, I mean, Alamo Drafthouse, they really played the hell out of it. I mean, that that whole sensationalizing of, like, how many injuries there really were before they when they made that movie and just the stats behind it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Josh, it's your turn to select a movie. What would you like for us to watch? So, I need to check the availability of it, but um, the director, Lynn Shelton, just passed away a couple weeks ago. Um, yep. And she directed... A, a very low-key funny movie last year called Sword of Trust with Mark Marin in it. Um, and I remember liking it, uh, but I don't know. I was trying to check where you could see it. Um, uh, it that's is, not- it is uh, only on Showtime, it looks like. Um, or okay. you have to buy it from places. I think it's then new I would recommend uh, the movie that was her breakthrough movie Hump Day. I don't know if you guys have seen. I'm it. showing Sword of Trust on Hulu. Oh nope, they just took it off. It's listed, but it says currently unavailable. Never yeah. mind. Then I would recommend Hump Day. It lets Day. me add it to my stuff. Hump Day is uh, the 2009 movie. Yes. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, that's on Hoopla and yeah. available for rent on multiple other services. So, okay. yeah, that sounds good. So, thanks everyone for participating in the podcast. Thanks everybody for listening. We will see you on the next Deeply Discussing Movie Podcast.